Dr. Baliga here. This podcast is on hyperviscosity due to monoclonal proteins or paraproteinemic hyperviscosity. It's from an outstanding chapter titled Emergencies in Hematology and Oncology from Baliga's textbook on internal medicine available at www.mastermedfacts.com. This outstanding chapter is authored by Dr. Eric Engelman, MD, who's a consultant hematologist-oncologist in Dubuque, Iowa, and Professor Thor Haftenerson, MD, who's Professor of Oncology at Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota. Hyperviscosity due to monoclonal proteins. Increased viscosity of the blood secondary to the presence of monoclonal proteins leads to stasis and even tissue ischemia. Pathophysiology. Increased production of monoclonal proteins by plasma cell malignancies or lymphoproliferative disorder may lead to increased blood viscosity, vascular stasis, and tissue ischemia. Waldenstein macroglobulinemia is a lymphoproliferative disorder that is frequently associated with excessive production of IgM, which forms pentamers and results in impaired transit of blood in the capillary system. Principal causes of Hyperviscosity. Hyperviscosity may be seen in up to 30% of the patients with Waldenstein's macroglobulinemia. Multiple myeloma may also cause hyperviscosity by overproducing either IgG or IgA, but less commonly than Waldenstein's macroglobulinemia given the different physical characteristics of IgG and IgA. Keys to history. The symptoms of hyperviscosity are nonspecific, requires a high index of suspicion by clinicians. The patients frequently have a history of either Wallenstein macroglobulinemia or multiple myeloma. The onset of symptoms are usually insidious and predominantly from the central nervous system and eyes. Blurry vision and even loss of vision, headaches, dizziness, tinnitus, or muffled hearing and double vision are commonly reported. In severe cases, patients may present with altered mental status or stroke-like symptoms. Physical examination, papilledema is the most common finding and is often associated with retinal hemorrhage and engorged retinal veins. Mucocutaneous hemorrhages are frequent, especially in the oropharynx or nasal passages. Helpful diagnostic test. There's no perfect test for paraproteinemic hyperviscosity syndromes. The blood smear may reveal stacking of red blood cells or roulette formation. Serum viscosity should be measured, but there's not a good correlation between the severity of symptoms and the measured viscosity. Symptoms are uncommon when the viscosity is less than 4 centipoise units. There's not a good Correlation between viscosity and immunoglobulin levels, but a viscosity of 4 to 5 centipoise units roughly corresponds to IgM levels of at least 3 grams per deciliter. Many laboratories are unable to measure viscosity, but can easily measure immunoglobulin levels. In patients with IgM less than 4 grams per deciliter or IgG less than 6 grams per deciliter are unlikely to have symptoms. Differential diagnosis and screening. The most important differential diagnosis is hyperleukocytosis from extreme elevation of leukocytes 
and hyperviscosity related to polycythemia vera. Complications Paraproteinemic hyperviscosity can lead to irreversible neurological damage and loss of vision. Natural history and prognosis Treated paraproteinemic hyperviscosity has a relatively favorable short-term prognosis that is largely determined by the underlying malignancy. Untreated hyperviscosity may lead to death or permanent disability. Treatment Symptomatic hyperviscosity requires immediate therapy. Patients may be anemic from their underlying disease at the time of diagnosis, but it is very important to use extreme caution regarding red cell transfusions as the transfused red cells may greatly increase the viscosity and cause sudden worsening of symptoms. The most effective method of lowering serum viscosity is plasmapheresis and it should be instituted without delay in symptomatic patients. Systemic therapy is eventually needed in most if not all patients. When to refer? All patients with symptomatic paraproteinemic hyperviscosity should be referred to a facility with an access to a hematologist and the ability to perform urgent plasmapheresis. Multiple choice question. A 75-year-old male presents to his ophthalmologist with a 1-2 day history of blurry vision. Upon questioning, he also admits to having nosebleeds of recent onset, fatigue and mild weight loss. A fundoscopic examination reveals engorged retinal vessels with scattered retinal hemorrhages. His hemogram reveals anemia with a hemoglobin of 8.9 grams per deciliter, but normal platelet and leukocyte counts. Erythrocyte sedimentation rate is 120 seconds. He suspected of having blood hyperviscosity from paraproteinemia. Which of the following immunoglobulin types is most likely to result in blood hyperviscosity? A. IgG B. IgM C. IgA D. IgE and E. IgD And the answer is 9B. IgM Hyperviscosity from excessive amounts of paraprotein is occasionally seen in patients with plasma cell proliferative disorders such as multiple myeloma and Waldenstrom's macroglobulinemia. If untreated, it can lead to complications such as visual loss and death. IgM is the Im immunoglobulin most likely to cause hyperviscosity given large pentameric IgM complexes. IgG and IgA are less likely to result in hyperviscosity and IgD and IgE paraproteinemias are exceedingly rare. This podcast is from an outstanding chapter titled Emergencies in Hematology and Oncology in Balagas Textbook of Internal Medicine available at www.mastermedfacts.com it's authored by Eric Engelman, MD, consultant hematologist oncologist in Dubuque, Iowa, and Dr. Thor Haftenerson, MD, who is professor of oncology at Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota.